Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast contains discussions of child abuse, sexual repression and sexual abuse, suicide, racism, misogyny, PTSD and PTSD symptoms, and spiritual oppression and abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we will be mentioning some of these concepts in a general way without any graphic detail. If any of these topics or other triggering topics will be mentioned in great detail, we will let you know at the beginning of each individual episode, as well as in the show notes for that episode. Welcome back to the Leaving Eden podcast, and may I just say that this is an episode that, while I wish we didn't have to make, this is an episode that was, to say the least, inevitable. And this is just another one of those episodes, you know, like we did two days ago that we had to sort of make last minute because it was uh, like a breaking news of... uh, because it was a breaking news type event. Um, so before we get into that, my name is Gavriel Hakoen, and I am here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Sadie Carpenter, and I don't care how much you believe in prison abolition or defunding the police, Dave Hiles should still be in jail. Yes, he should. And that is what we are here to talk about today. So I'm just going to come out and say it. New allegations have come out against this podcast's least favorite disgraced ex-pastor, general bottom-tier specimen of depravity, and in my opinion, the human equivalent of a pea-gravel-sized kidney stone, David Hiles. So, as with any episodes relating to David Hiles, mega content warning here for sexual abuse. If you listen to our uh, first family of fundamentalism part three about David Hiles, this is going to be having a lot of the same sort of stuff as that, you know, maybe even a bit more graphic detail. 
If you don't know who Dave Hiles is, or if you haven't heard that episode yet, I would definitely suggest that you take a listen. It is the first Family of Fundamentalism series. It's chapter three. The title is Sins of the Father, hashtag Arrest David Hiles. I would say that this episode, in my opinion, is going to be a little bit worse uh, than the first Family yeah. of Fundamentalism, Dave Hiles bio, uh, because we're talking about the alleged sexual abuse of a young child this time. And that is pretty much the sole content of this episode. So please be kind to yourself. Uh, listen to this when and if you're able, use your best judgment. Yeah, or just straight up don't listen to it if you don't want to hear that. Um, you know, you can you can read about it. You don't have to listen to us talk about it. Uh, but you are here because you want to hear us talk about it. Uh, so uh, without further ado, I am going to get into it. Um, on December 3rd, the Times of Northwest Indiana published a story that David Hiles, the son of the deceased and legendary IFB pastor Jack Hiles, is being sued by a woman named Nanette Miles. Um, now, this woman, uh, uh, Miss Miles, has bravely come forward publicly. Like, that's not even – that's that's her real name. That's not like a pseudonym that they gave her for, like, the court case. But she's come – forward with this accusation against David Hiles saying that he drugged and raped her many times over a period of five years, starting from when she was 13 years old. So starting in 1976 and going until about uh, 1981. And I did want to break in to say, thank God for the the NWI Times. Uh, the Northwest Indiana Times has been publishing content about the depravity of First Baptist Church of Hammond leadership since way back in the late 1980s, um, when this, the Jack Scobb scandal happened, uh, I got a lot of my early information from them, and they've always been a great, reliable source for me. Sometimes I wonder if they feel like they're shouting into the void, you know, because they're, they're breaking these stories that are huge to so many people, but, but other people just don't care or don't understand why it's important. But they've been doing good work for a, a long time, and I hope they are starting to understand how important they are. So this is both a new victim of Dave Hiles, who has never come forward publicly before. And Nanette is also saying that she knows two other women who were victims of Dave Hiles. So even if she is including Joy Evans Ryder in that count, we're still talking about two new victims, Nanette and this other unnamed person. Yeah, and it's good that you have brought up uh, Joy Evans Ryder because uh, what we are seeing here in this accusation from uh, Nanette Miles very much fits the same sort of pattern, the same sort of MO uh, that he used when he targeted Joy Evans Ryder for abuse uh, during about the same time period. So they were like going on simultaneously. And it was really, it, it was Ryder's father finding out about the abuse that led to Jack Hiles sending his son David to a different church where he then replicated a similar pattern of abuse with other people with the people that were at that church right so um we're gonna do a, a breakdown of what's new in this story and what is uh what contributes to the same pattern things that we've heard before uh so what's new is that nanette miles was much younger when she alleges that the abuse started um i believe joy evans writer says that she was groomed starting at 14 and then raped starting at 15 uh, Nanette says that she was groomed starting at 12 years old, which frankly um, makes me feel queasy. Yeah, there, there's no easy way to talk about this, is there? No, there there isn't. Um, 
There just isn't. But no. uh, other so other than that fact of her being quite a bit younger, so many of the details that Nanette gives here correspond directly to either things that Joy has said in her lawsuit or things that fit with other parts of the Dave Hiles story. So, for example, um, Nanette says that David raped her for the first time in his office after giving her some kind of drugged drink, which matches Joy's story very closely, that he gave her drugs to make her more compliant, and that the first instance of rape was in his office at the church. And I think he would do it the first time. Just in my opinion, I think it would be in his office the first time. That sounds like a power play or like a to establish dominance to me. He wants to remind these young girls that he is in charge and that he can do what he wants to do. Either that or he would, you know, just do it at a place where he could ask a young teenage girl to come without arousing too much suspicion. You know what? That also makes that also makes a lot of sense. But either way, I think this location thing, I think that's important because we have two separate clear testimonies in lawsuits and they start off the same way. And that's that's establishing a pattern of behavior. Yeah. So one of the things that we've talked about uh, uh, with the IFB, and I'm sure that this has been especially true in these days, is was that there, there's this like culture of blaming victims for their own abuse. So even if there is no possible or legal way that they could have like possibly been responsible, like in this case, um, you know, they, they, he drugged like a thir- he drugged a thirteen year old girl. Uh, like there's there's no possible way for her to be responsible for that. Like combine this with like IFB purity culture, where there is a high emphasis placed on like sexual purity. Um, and this really plays into the hands of somebody who is a serial abuser like David Hiles. So there is this young girl who is, you know, she's so afraid of the repercussions of of being found out as the victim of this abuse that, you know, that she basically is forced into keeping quiet and continuing to go along with it. And then we see this double because essentially what had happened here with Nanette Miles is, is that Nanette Miles' mother finds out about this and then confronts Jack Hiles about his son's criminal behavior and the ongoing abuse of her daughter. And, you know, she confronts him with physical evidence, uh, which I think in this case was a letter that David had written. And according to the lawsuit, Jack Hiles just tore up the letter and said that the allegations were false. Yes. And that's another major parallel here. Uh, The interesting thing is that Nanette's mother arguably had more evidence than Joy's father did. Yes. She had explicit letters from David Hiles and Nanette's mother was on the other line during explicit phone calls that David made to her 14 year old daughter. So she heard the whole thing, heard the whole thing and had seen it with her eyes. So Joy's father, all he had was Joy's testimony and the fact that she said, well, David told me to meet, meet him at this motel and her father and she went to the motel and David was there, just like she said he would be. So Nanette's mother has more hard evidence and she wasn't even considered. And I think that's, that's another layer of misogyny on top of this whole thing is that Hiles was able to tear up the letter and say it never happened because her ear witness testimony didn't mean anything. And that was just the end of it. 
Yeah. And like, so when we talk about evidence, what we were talking about here is that this is in this story, there was what they were talking about is that there's lingerie that David had bought for this 14 year old child, as well as explicit pictures of her wearing the lingerie, like disgusting type stuff here, like, but like hard physical evidence. And this was just dismissed without a second thought by Jack Hiles. Yeah. Sorry, I need like I need a moment after That's that. That's fine. Take it. Yeah. I, so we probably should go ahead and uh, talk about those photos because th- this is another direct parallel to things that we know about David Hiles. Yeah. So we talked at length uh, in the first family of fundamentalism about the famous briefcase full of explicit photos of women from Miller Road Baptist Church. And David has been known at several times in his life to be a collector of pornographic photos of women that he's been with. And I suppose I should also say minors that he's raped because um, minors can't consent. Yeah. So in Nanette's story, she directly mentions a briefcase that was used to store pornographic images of herself as a minor, as well as other minors from the church. So now I'm wondering... um, did David Hiles just have a specific Polaroid camera that he took around with him? Uh, could this even be the same briefcase that was later found in the dumpster at Miller Road Baptist Church? Yeah. Because we've got this pattern established. And how deep does this pattern go in this man's life? That's what I want to know. I suspect that there is a, like a high likelihood that this is like the same briefcase. This is the one that, like this is the 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 briefcase that we talked about in the David Hiles episode that it was full of of photos of of women from Miller Road Baptist Church and you mentioned you're like I kind of want to see the briefcase but now that like there is a high likelihood that this briefcase also contains child pornography there's like zero percent that like even the morbid curiosity that's going to be like yeah. oh yeah no this this no, definitely no way, no way. definitely changes things um. And, and like we said in that episode, uh, I have personal reasons to think that that briefcase is still in existence uh, and that it is stored someplace. Uh, and so, okay, so let me let me back up a little bit. I do have reason to think that that briefcase is stored and it is still something that could be seen by a person who knew where it was. Uh, But while I'm on the subject of my morbid curiosity in the dark places that my mind goes, because I could literally not mistrust Dave Hiles or his intentions any more than I do. No. What I want to know is, where did these dozens of pictures of minors end up? Because those are illegal objects that could potentially get someone charged with a crime, namely Dave Hiles. So what I'm thinking is, when Dave was shipped off to Texas... What did he do with the evidence of his crime? Did he burn them? Did You're he saying, yeah, them? did he get rid of it or did he take it with him? Did he take it with him? Did that dirty bastard take these pictures with him? I mean, that that would be very on brand for him if he did it. Would it that's not all, be That's all so I've got to say brand. is that that's like the most on brand thing for David Hiles that I've ever heard. And pe- people who collect these picture like people who collect pictures like that even if some of those like some of those pictures showed him in affairs and he didn't seem to give a care about that uh if these pictures show him committing crimes if he's already got them mixed in with these other pictures that he collects 
could they still be i don't know could they still be in david hyle's house yeah i don't i don't know i mean he's never been to jail they've never like raided him for evidence of this stuff i mean yeah yeah i mean there's like this this brings me another uh point that i wanted to talk about uh because two days ago we had an episode where we talked about uh, brianna taylor um and the main point of that episode uh was that you know there was like an institutional failure uh in the way that the police acted because they had like a no-knock warrant that was based on bad information and as a result of that they killed an innocent person who hadn't done anything she hadn't committed any crimes um but here you know we we have a man who we know is like a repeat offender. And I don't know about you, but like if you ask like any person on the street, you'd be like, hey, what's the worst kind of criminal? They'll either say a murderer or a pedophile. Right. You right. know, you go to anybody on the street, you're like, hey, what's the worst kind of criminal? They're like murderer or pedophile. That's those are the two answers. Um, well, David Hiles is definitely one of those two things and probably both of those things. Allegedly. Um, allegedly yeah because we've got to say that because yeah don't want to get sued for libel uh but what we have here is a situation that should have been dealt with by the proper or uh, authorities like the police and like i mean like locking up pedophiles and like really dangerous sorts of people that's what we have the police for that's what they're supposed to do but in this matter where there's little, we know that there was tons and tons and tons of physical evidence or that physical evidence for this crime, you know, at least at one point existed. Like it gets dealt with internally by the church and no one does anything. Yeah, it's a, it's a real shame because, you know, when we, when we talk about defunding the police and I don't want to get too political or leftist on this podcast, but the concept is that we would reduce police funding to an extent and use that money to fund other public services. So police shouldn't have to respond to mental health emergencies unless somebody is in imminent danger of their life. Police shouldn't have to respond to minor theft. Um, police shouldn't have to be responding to that sort of thing. They should be responding to actual dangerous criminals like Dave Hiles. This is what police are supposedly for. And they did also wanted to say while we're on the topic that police toss people's houses over minor drug charges all the time. And people defend that because those the people getting their houses searched might be criminals. So if that's okay, and I don't think that it necessarily is, then it should be okay to toss Dave Hiles home from top to bottom to see if he's got any child porn left in there because he's been accused of making it at one point. Yeah, and speaking of mental health emergencies, uh, I want to move on to the next part of the story, which is really, really quite sad and quite painful to read about. So um, Nanette Miles, who is the, the survivor of this uh, terrible and violent abuse, according to her lawsuit, you know, has had many severe psychological breakdowns, uh, suicide attempts, you know, things that that could really probably be linked to, to PTSD because of the horrific ways in which that she was abused by David Hiles. According to this article, I'm quoting directly from the article. Um, Nanette Miles began seeing a psychologist at the age of 22 who linked her psychosomatic symptoms to the abuse at the hands of David Hiles. She said, um, yeah, so she claims that the abuse led to a life-threatening hospitalization the in the inability to maintain employment, a lost home, a divorce, a lack of children, 
ongoing counseling for mental health issues, a loss of contact with her immediate family, and a loss of faith. She was hospitalized for 10 days in 2018 following a suicide attempt. So this abuse has caused her pain and suffering throughout her entire life. This is a person whose life was changed forever and whose mental health was permanently broken by abuse that she suffered as a child. And not only that, her financial health has been ruined due to her not being able to keep a job and due to her relationship problems that she has because of PTSD and due to the cost of mental health counseling all of these years and the cost of hospitalization. And it just it just goes on and on. David Hiles literally ruined this woman's life. And that's why, here's my hot take. I see this kind of abuse as equal to murder. Because the abuse that this woman suffered has caused her a lifetime of pain. Having her life changed to the extent that it has been. It has changed her life and changed her life on the same scale as if it had killed her. Like the person that she could have been had this not happened, that person is effectively murdered. Hmm. So that brings me to the final point because, um, you know, we know that many of these people, you know, know that David Hiles is absolute filth and, and people know that Jack Scott is a pedophile and an abuser. But these people oftentimes, you know, you'll talk to people they will have a soft spot for Jack Hiles Um, just because, you know, he reminds them of better times of times when men were men and he reminds them of their faith. And because he's the one who oftentimes, you know, he's the one who inspired their faith to begin with. So this story here is not just an indictment of David Hiles because we already knew all of this stuff about it. We already knew what kind of guy he is and what kind of guy he was. Uh, This story to me is the clearest and most definitive evidence that I can point to when I want to excoriate Jack Hiles, because he may not have been a pedophile himself, but he might as well have been because he intentionally turned a blind eye and intentionally enabled pedophilia in order to protect his ministry, um, his reputation and his lifestyle and his income. And even I can have a real soft spot for Jack Hiles, even though, like, I know he was homophobic. I know he was misogynist. I know he created a system where abusers flourish. And I know we that, talked about that in an episode, didn't we? Yeah. And, and I know that he defended A.V. Ballinger and, and other bad things that he's done. But, I mean, you're right. This is another story of Hiles knowing that his son was harming people, like harming minor children. And he did nothing, and he allowed his son to continue hurting people and to continue committing crimes. And as hard as it is for me to accept, that is just as evil as if Jack Hiles were doing these crimes himself. I mean, actually, there's a scripture. Okay, so there's a scripture about this. It's often used by religious people to attack people who are pro-choice, uh, to attack sex ed in schools, to attack drag queen story hours. Um, but I think it's much more appropriate to the topic at hand here. So I haven't heard this before, but uh, go ahead, go into it. So this is Matthew 18, six, and I'm reading it from the KJV. 
Okay, so you know it's accurate for all the fundies. Yes. <laughs> uh, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. And basically the interpretation here is that God watches out especially for children and that someone who hurts children would be better off facing the death penalty on earth than the punishment that they are going to get in the afterlife. Like the worst thing that could possibly happen to you on earth would be more merciful than the punishment that God intends for them. So how do they rationalize this with the belief that it's okay to kill your children if they disobey you? Oh boy. Um, I'll save the long explanation of that for another time. But basically they'd say that, that under the Old Testament law and then if it came to if it came to that, that it would be following the law. So that's a good thing to follow the law. And also it would be for the child's good. Okay, that makes no sense to me, but whatever. Uh, I didn't expect it to. My point is, though, that David Hiles has been responsible for hurting minors, hurting children, um, possibly slash probably even causing the death of an innocent child, Brent Stevens. Yeah, I mean, he pled the fifth in a case of the mysterious death of a child. A mysterious medication overdose of a child too young to be able to dose themselves. Uh, most likely, allegedly. Anyway, um, that's not this episode. This guy no. is such a bad guy that the possible murder that we think he committed is not even the topic of conversation here. That's how bad this guy is. <sighs> My point is that I hope he does go to jail. And I do hope that he gets what pedophiles get in jail. Uh, but I believe that whatever hell is, I think this guy has got it coming. You know what? For once in my life, I wish that I were a Christian just so that I could be 100% assured that David Hiles was going to hell when he died. Eh, see, the thing is that many Christians, including the IFB, would say that if he is saved, he still gets to go to heaven. Um, Catholics would say that he still gets to go to heaven, but he's got a lot of purgatory coming. Uh, some Christians and some IFB would say that a man who would behave the way that he has behaved could never have been saved to begin with. And that it's impossible for someone who's truly a Christian to act that way. So he would go to hell. Uh, so what I'm saying is that it's a, it's a toss up. And uh, if you want to co-opt my doctrine to believe that he's going to hell, I have no problem with that. <laughs> yeah, well, clearly he you hasn't got very, to it. <laughs> yeah, clearly he hasn't got very much Jesus in his heart. I could not agree more. Um, and if I made anybody mad with my wishy-washy heaven and hell doctrines, um, sorry about that. I feel like there's no way of knowing until I get there. Uh, but I do absolutely relish the imagination of David Hiles facing punishment for everything that he's done. The things that we know about and the things that are yet to come to light. Because I believe that whether it's hell, whether it's purgatory, whether there is no afterlife other than our own regrets and our own understanding of how we lived our lives, I think David Hiles is going to have a rough time of it no matter what. Yeah, and before we end, uh, I just want to say that these sorts of like abuse-heavy episodes are probably my least favorite episodes to make. Um, you know, it's far from my favorite subject matter. Um, and like, I know that there's some other podcasts out there that really like to focus on the abuse, really like to focus on that sort of thing because it's, it's their mission, I guess, uh, to be expose on that kind of thing. But for me, like focusing only on that i mean it just feels like it's exploitation content like i really prefer talking about the theological and cultural aspects you know getting into people's stories of of overcoming adversity and and dividing into the, like diving into the history of this 
But when a story like this comes along, it's just the kind of thing that we sort of have to do. We're kind of obligated to do. Um, like we got to say something about it. Uh, so that's what we've done. And unless there's anything else that you have to say, um, I think that we're about at the end of this episode. Um, oh, just one more quick announcement is that there is going to be no homework until January. So all you kids, uh, no homework until, until next year. Uh, you can thank your teacher. Uh, uh, so yeah, no, no homework until the second episode of the year, which will be fun. And we do have some, some pretty cool homework that will be coming at some point. Yeah, it's going to be have, fun. have a few things to finish up. More fun than this. More fun than talking about pedophiles. I hate this. I know. And I'm, I mean, I'm sorry that you, that you have to go through it. I just feel like, I feel like if, um, I mean, we got a church abuse po- uh, podcast that's partially about church abuse. So, you know, there's going to be some right, like, in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if this, if this episode came or if this, uh, if this new scandal came out and we didn't say anything about it, I just feel like that would be disingenuous. I, I feel like because, because a lot of what we do is we, we do make jokes and we have a lighter type of podcast uh, but this this whole cult thing is not a joke sometimes, and sometimes people really do get hurt in very terrible ways. Uh, and I, as much as I would rather make jokes all the time, I'm not willing to completely l- overlook when something like this happens. Um, that is that's it for me. This episode did get me a little riled up, but I agree that we really needed to say something about it, and I'm glad we did. Um, my final thing, I wanted to say thank you to. Nanette Miles for being so courageous. Uh, We hope you get the justice that you deserve. And also thank you to our listeners. Um, In the first like 24 hours after this story broke, I got two or three messages from listeners making sure that I had seen it. Um, So I really appreciate our listeners having their eye out for me because sometimes this kind of thing breaks so fast that it's hard for one person to keep track. So I appreciate, appreciate that help that I got. Yeah, like the only thing that I want to say before you know we go is that I sincerely hope that uh, the rest of Nanette Miles' life is better than it's been so far. I mean, she's been through some unspeakable horrors, and I hope that she finds healing. I agree with that. Well, uh, I guess we are going to go ahead and end this episode because we've got to go plan out the first few episodes of 2021. Yep. I'm really excited and ready for, for what comes next. Yeah, it'll be very fresh not like abuse anyway uh so um as always you have been listening to the leaving eden podcast uh, my name is gavriel hakon you can follow the podcast on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok uh facebook instagram is going to be at leaving eden podcast uh, twitter and tiktok is going to be leaving eden pod I can actually, that might not be the TikTok. I can't remember what the TikTok is. I never post on TikTok. So uh, don't TikTok worry about that. TikTok is leaving it in podcast. It is leaving it in podcast. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at G-A-V-R-I-E-L-H-A-C-O-H-E-N. And Sadie, if you want to plug your social media. Uh, yeah. You can find me on Instagram at Sadie Carpenter Music uh, or on Twitter at Hell Yes Sadie. And that's it. And yeah. the podcast TikTok is leaving it in podcast, and that's that's me. Yeah. Anyway, uh, until uh, next time, until on Tuesday, uh, we will talk to you guys later. You guys uh, have a nice day. Bye bye. Mm, but oh.
Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.